Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. I am Oscar Way, Senior Economist of CR. Along with me is... Jordan Levine. Hey, everyone. Great to... Uh, uh, to, uh, talk to you guys again, and uh, we have a couple press releases uh, that went out in the last couple of days. Now, I think we have already covered a lot of the uh, April sales and price reports. So today, I'm not going to talk about the April sales and price report, but instead, there was another uh, release that we released just uh, recently on Monday, and it's the Housing Affordability Index. That's right. That's the big one. That's a big one, and we normally release that on a quarterly basis, and we have the first quarter number out. And it looks like, based on the number, um, it is the at the state level, it is at thirty-two percent. Now, what does that what does that mean? Really? Exactly. Um, well, let's do some comparison um, and compare it to compare uh, compare it to the first quarter of twenty sixteen. It actually dropped by uh, two percentage point um, from thirty-four to thirty-two, and from the fourth quarter of twenty sixteen, it dropped. It actually increased by one percentage point. Mm-hmm. Now, the number is um, people who are familiar with it is basically the percent of households who can afford to buy a median price home. Right. So the higher the number, you know, the more people who can afford to buy a median price home. The better affordability, I guess, right? And so how do we calculate that? Well, it's based on you know, some assumptions. It's based on um, 20%, we assume 20% down payment. Got it. And we look at um, the income level and uh, look at the median price. So we measure the median home price that we currently have in the first quarter. Right. And then measure it against the uh, income distributions and see how many people actually can afford to buy you know, the median price home. You know, with assumption of twenty percent down payment and the current uh, prevailing interest rates. Gotcha. So it does account for the fact that rates have changed a little. Definitely. Bit. Yeah. So there are a few things to take into account. Right. Um, what happened uh, when a housing affordability increase or decrease? It depends on um, home prices, obviously. Yep. And it depends on interest rates. Right. So what happened to uh, home prices? Yeah. I mean. You, of course, when we look at April number, it might be a little different from the first quarter number. Right, yeah, but I mean, first quarter, I think, was up on a year-over-year basis. Um, I think rates were also up, so, you know, that's kind of the the double whammy. I guess the one saving grace was that incomes rose a bit as well, which kind of offset some of that price growth and, and higher rates. And I guess also the other thing I would note is that uh, it looks like prices, you know, we had that seasonal kind of downshift in prices during the first quarter when you compare it to the fourth quarter. Right. And so I think that might also be a bit of a false positive in terms of, you know, the HAI went up a bit, as you mentioned. But, um, you know, I don't want to read too much into that, that all of a sudden (laughs) we're, you know, coming out from the darkness in terms of affordability challenges. I think it's a temporary um, uptick that happens in the first quarter and that as prices continue to grow, um, you know, and rates, I guess, obviously, are going to continue to go up as well, at least according to our forecast that, uh, you know, we'll probably see affordability start sliding back down the other way, right? I agree with you. That's 100%. I mean, usually in the first quarter, we are see, we see some seasonal, you know, adjustment. So, yes, not it's, it's the improvement from fourth quarter is definitely not a suggestion that the housing affordability or how, uh, affordability is uh, 
turn improving. I mean, you look at it how it compared to you know the year before. Yeah, I hate to be a, a Debbie Downer on these, but I just really um, you know caution folks against kind of getting overly optimistic about this first quarter number improving from the fourth quarter because, like I think you said, the you know the year over year number is down, and when you look out. You know what's going to happen for the rest of the year in eighteen. Again, I think you know prices and rates are going up, and that means affordability should uh, continue to go back down. Right. I mean, I I have been surprised with how low rates are um, in comparison to the, the beginning of the year, but I have no doubt, and I'm sure you you don't have any doubt that you know uh, as far as interest rate is concerned, yeah, I think it's going to go up. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, I think you know the days of three and a half percent mortgage rates are are firmly in the rearview mirror <laughs> at this point. Absolutely. So, and you mentioned about income growth. I mean, yes, we did have some income growth. Maybe that helps housing affordability a little bit. But how much income growth are we talking about? You know, from 2016, just to throw out some numbers, um, 2016, the household income, median household income was 63500 plus change. or so. Yeah. yeah. And it did increase, you know, at, yes, 2017, we expect it to go up to 66000 so yes, that's an improvement of about three thousand. Right. What exactly is three thousand of the household income? That's about what four or five percent. Four or five percent, yeah. But how much are we increasing in terms of home prices? Yeah, I um, mean prices are up even stronger than that. Unfortunately, I think in Q one they were up six and a half percent, six point six percent, and so um, you know as great as that income growth is to see, it's unfortunately falling short of price growth, and so exactly. And I remember we talked. Maybe we may have talked about this before but you definitely wrote about it um, the 6.6 percent increase is not you know is not just six percent six point six percent increase it's right. not accounting for the uh, interest increase in interest rates when we account for increase in interest rate it could be over ten uh, percent uh, it could be like 13 13 yeah, percent I like think that. it is after you take in just the raw price growth and the double whammy of paying a higher rate for that mortgage right so you know there's no comparison between income growth and uh, the money amount of money that you need to buy a home yeah, bottom line is affordability is still getting worse, I think, and that's the, you know, where the rubber's meeting the road on this. Exactly, and and the income required to buy that median home price, um, you can see a little bit more on our website, but um, based on the statewide number, the minimum income required is about 102000 Right. Uh, as compared to sixty six, So you know that you know a lot of people are not able to buy a home. Yeah, exactly. It means the average person out there isn't becoming a homeowner, and we see that when we look at the homeownership stats, too, that they just continue to go down. Yeah, and that's just a state number. If you look at some of the uh, county numbers, San Francisco Bay Area, for example, 160000 uh, Marin, it's actually over 200000 There are some areas. Um, that are more affordable, and that's others, the reason yeah. that uh, you know we have some out migration to uh, to some of the counties. Right. Um, but don't take that again. Uh, we don't want to emphasize you know the housing affordability index at the state level. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know we are improving in housing affordability. If you just look at the number yep. of counties drop, just in terms of their individual counties, did they go up or down? Right, right. That and you know you see that twenty six of the forty three counties actually dropped. Wow. Um, in the first quarter, so. Um, and this is again based on the current interest rates, and we know that it's going to imp- increase. And we expect price to increase, so you know we are not surprised if we actually see housing affordability dipping down to uh, below thirty. Yeah. Um, no, and it's already pretty scary, right? I mean, right now, even with that modest uptick from 31% to 32% in the uh-huh. first quarter, I mean, it's still less than a third of Californians, you know, can afford to buy True. that median-priced home, and that's going to continue to weigh on 
on home ownership, right? We're at 53 or so percent home ownership down from almost 60 at the beginning of the, or, you know, at the height of the last cycle. Um, But it's hard to see that really reversing course when you've got less than a third of folks who can afford the homes that are out there. And so, um, you know, I think that's, that's the scary part. And I think, you know, it already wasn't taking, or it was already taking a lot of income to qualify for that median priced home. And I think, you know, you said $102,000 is right. significantly higher than what the, you know, what the average household out there has. And so, um, you know, yeah, these, these challenges are ongoing and persisting. Yeah. I mean, of course it, it affects at the national level too, but if you take a look at, you know, at the national level, um, at, at, at least for home prices at the national level, it's still somewhat affordable. It's more than a, less than less than half of the median price of the state of California. Right. Uh, median price at the national level is only at two hundred thirty-two thousand for the for the U.S. and the income required is only forty-seven, forty-eight thousand. Right. So of course, uh, I don't think our income level is twice as high as the national level. Unfortunately, it's not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that definitely is a concern for home ownership. Now, um, there are other issues that we've uh, recently talked about that could have affect home ownership. Right. Uh, namely, you know, the release of the uh, proposed tax plan. Yes. So um, for the last week or so, we've been scrambling, right, to try right. and um, understand what the new tax plan is going to translate into in terms of effects on housing. Now, and, and people have a lot of different opinions on the tax plan. And, you know, if we want to talk about the tax plan in detail, it's going to take an hour and an hour and a half. Right. Uh, we have the time, but I don't think the listeners probably want to look at that, for, uh, listen to that for an hour yeah, and a half. Yeah, an hour, exactly. Even so, though it would be hard for me. Right. So let's, let's kind of, you know, um, give a little bit of detail and maybe look at some scenario stuff that I know you've worked on it for quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to kind of give you guys an outline, I think there was, you know, some memos released this uh, last week or two, which have kind of given the broad strokes of, of detail on uh-huh. the new tax proposals that the new administration's doing. And so we had some detail during the transition. Things have changed around a bit. And so this is the kind of most current incarnation of the tax plan as we know it. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I think the bullet points are that they're really going to reduce um, tax rates. So we're going to drop down from having seven individual tax brackets uh-huh. with a bunch of individual tax rates down to just three tax brackets, which are going to basically have the lowest tax rate at 10% for uh-huh. federal income tax, the next one at 25%, uh, and then a final top bracket at 35%. Right. Um, so that's, you know, a, a quote-unquote simplification of the tax code. But I think for from a housing standpoint, the one that's most impactful is the fact that we're going to um, see the standard deduction potentially double from $12,700 a year, which you can deduct off of your annual income for tax purposes. Right. Um, regardless of whether you're an owner or a renter or any other considerations, everybody can take that 12700 deduction. Um, they're actually going to boost that in, by double to $25,400. Um, and so that's something that I think has the potential to have implications for housing specifically. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, the... That's a good thing, right? Doubling the standard deduction. Well, why is that not necessarily a good thing? Yeah, I mean, the the reason why it's a red flag is, and, you know, no one wants to root against putting more money in people's pockets, especially here uh-huh. in California, where both, you know, the cost and affordability for homeowners is bad. Uh, it's also pretty bad for renters as well. And so you don't want to advocate against 
putting more money in people's pocket. That's going to help with the affordability problem and help offset some of the high cost of housing. Um, the question is really one of incentives, right? And what sure. does it do to the incentive to become a homeowner? Because I think when you look at our calculations, the you know at a with a twenty five thousand dollar plus standard deduction, the only way it really makes sense for folks to continue to itemize. And I think the other thing that's important for me to point out before we get too far in the weeds is that. Uh, you know, you're going to also lose the ability to deduct state and local taxes. Oh, okay. And so for a state like California, where we have both, you know, really progressive and high rates of income tax um, and high property prices, which translates into a significant property tax bill, um, that's also a significant loss of deductibility. And so, you know, the worry for me is that, um, you know, someone who, and I think for the vast majority of scenarios that we looked at, you know, before you get up to million dollar homes and 200 you know plus thousand dollars worth of household income uh, most Californians are just going to opt to take that standard deduction that twenty five thousand dollars and four hundred and so you know up till now for the past you know hundred years or so there's really been a kind of financial tax incentive to go from renting to ownership because right. by becoming a renter you now are able to not just deduct the twelve thousand of standard deductions but you can throw your mortgage interest at it you've got property taxes that you pay and you pay your state you know income taxes right. uh, and so you can get a significant tax savings and so now you're not going to have that tax savings you're going to pay the same amount of taxes regardless of whether you continue to rent or own um, and ultimately you know folks aren't going to have that that kind of financial incentive that's there from the federal government, which really helps to offset the cost of becoming a homeowner, which in some cases it is more expensive, um, just in gross values that your mortgage payment's gonna be higher than you know your rental income. And so that tax savings really helps to level the playing field in terms of making that you know calculation to become a homeowner make sense. Got it. And so, so that's that's one thing that I'm that I'm worried about is just you know the pure incentive, and I think it's it's problematic because when you look at the research, you know, on both sides of the aisle, whether it's conservative or or you know, more moderate or left leaning research, pretty much shows conclusively that folks who don't get into home ownership don't end up saving money and accumulating wealth independently of that. And so, um, not only is there this kind of tax advantage, but there's this huge kind of personal wealth effect of you know in terms of increasing your wealth accumulation what's helps you you know just improve your own quality of life but also you know send your kids to college and improve you know intergenerational wealth transfers that your kids and grandkids are going to be much better off the sooner you you know start accumulating wealth and so um, you know that's a, a real problem is that yes folks are going to have money more money in their pocket over the short run uh -huh. um, but the concern is that they're going to look back 30 years from now and say, I don't have any you know, wealth accumulated. I don't have a good retirement plan that I can you know, sort out uh, or fall back on. And, and so I think that's where society is really going to pay a cost in addition to these kind of individual costs that folks just aren't going to you know, be accumulating wealth. And then I think the other thing to keep in mind is that um, existing homeowners might take a hit. So okay. I talked a little bit about the kind of threshold of how much mortgage debt you'd need to carry around to make it higher than that 25000 right. uh, potential standard deduction that we're looking at. But it's not just mortgage interest, right? So again, currently, you're able to lump in your mortgage interest together with your income and property taxes. And so mm -hmm. even if you only have a $500,000 home or a $350,000 home or whatever the case may be, you don't have $25,000 worth of mortgage interest every year. Um, but when you throw your taxes in there and your property taxes, um, usually that gets 
folks up above that that threshold. And so um, even though, yes, their standard deduction is going to be a lot higher than what their mortgage interest deduction maybe would have been in the average case, um, that loss of state and local taxes really means that they're actually going to have a higher tax bill ultimately. Yes, the standard deduction is higher than the mortgage interest, but when you roll everything together, they're actually going to end up having a smaller total deduction. Uh, and we showed that the average Californian, the typical buyer, I think if you look at the, the kind of median price of a typical buyer at their uh-huh. median income levels, which are about 530000 uh, about $100,000 worth of income was the typical buyer last year. Um, those folks are going to stand to lose about $2,500 a year uh, in income taxes. And so I think if you think about capitalizing that in over the life of the you know, residency in that place, um, you, you know, could see demand kind of fall back or you know, at least take a hit, even if it doesn't reverse course. Um, and that could impact prices down the road as well. And so, again, don't want to root against people right. getting more money in their pockets, but um, getting folks into home ownership has huge benefits, not just for those individuals, um, but for the economy and society at large. And, and as you know, a country, we've decided that we want folks to own their own home, and, and this has the potential to really um, undermine that, that kind of core value that we have. Yeah, I think you brought a very, very good point. You know, home ownership is very, very important. Um, and that's the American dream. And, um, you know, the fact that you know, you mentioned, you know, it doesn't affect just the home buyers, but current homeowners because of the uh, provisions on state and uh, local property taxes. Right. For those people who may not even, may not have a mortgage, it's still going to be affected pretty significantly, you know, because of the property taxes. Yeah. Um, and it could amount to, you know, quite a bit of money uh, over the period of time, especially since, you know, uh, sometime... Uh, the uh, property tax will increase, you know, based on either the um, inflation rate or it bec- uh, or just adjust, you know, over years. That's right. So it it's definitely is a concern, and I think the bottom line is yes, you you gain some, you know, with uh, double standard double uh, doubling the st- uh, standard deduction, but at the same time you lose some. Exactly. Um, you lose some money, and I think you said it uh, very on point on uh, it affects. Yeah, we don't want to take away people's money, you know, from people's pocket. But at the same time, uh, we want to address the issues of home ownership because home ownership is definitely not just owning a home, but as you said very earlier, the wealth accumulation. It, it in fact it affect the long term growth of wealth accumulation. Definitely will affect you know long term growth of how much money people have. But at the same time, and it affects you know, people's retirement as well. Yeah. But at the same time. The wealth effect could affect you know economic growth as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is not just a, a problem for the real estate industry, right? It's obviously going to directly impact members if we see a, a reduction in housing demand or something that erodes affordability beyond what it already is, or takes away the incentive for folks to move out of rentership and and become own, homeowners. But I think it's you know the the effects on just California at large and society and our economy in general can't be understated either. And, and the fact that, of course, we know um, compared to other states, California has a higher home prices. So, of course, that makes a, somewhat a, a difference compared to other states. Um, and, you know, we talked about out-migration before, and we definitely don't want to see more people moving out of California just because of, not just because of high home prices, but also of the, uh, the tax incentive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you we already have enough structural challenges on our own without kind of more self-inflicted wounds that could, um, you know, just put us further and further behind the eight ball. 
Great. Well, and and uh, let me clarify it again. You know, of course, the the proposed tax plan is uh, has uh, a little bit more detail than you know what we just discussed. But we want to talk about just you know what happened to that will affect home ownership. Right. There are other provisions that could affect the uh, economy as well as the housing market a little differently. Um, but when, it, but we don't really have a finalized tax plan yet. So when we get to that point, we'll probably will do a little bit more analysis and we'll have another discussion on that issue. This will be something we're going to be watching like a hawk. So as soon as we know, you guys will know too. Definitely. So keep an eye on um, CR's website. Uh, we might have some more analysis coming soon. Thank you very much. Thank See you, you next time. All right, have a good one. Bye bye.